Episode 13 of this podcast is a joke. I'm your host, Shannon, and let's get into it. But before we get into it, again, I've got to give a big shout out to my boy, Nick, for pulling up last episode and just going off. I think we had a really dope conversation, and if you haven't bumped that yet, definitely go back and listen. I appreciate that. I appreciate everyone who's given this podcast a chance. I'm going to keep trying to develop and get better. I heard the criticism of the sound quality. Moving forward, I'm going to improve off that shit. Next time I get Nick on the phone, which will happen, as long as he wants to, because that's my motherfucking dog. We go way back. We could definitely cook up some fire. 100% down. So I'll get try and get him on a Zoom call next time. Maybe that shit will improve the audio quality. I like the vibes of a phone call, but... Until I get proper equipment to actually record it straight from my phone instead of what I was trying to do is like put it up to the mic and I understand that could sound shitty so I'm not doing that anymore. But definitely want to get people on the phone. I posted on my story that I was taking slots for this podcast um, and what I thought was people that w- people would hit me up that were running NBA pages that maybe has some like followers or shit like that but it was just like regular people that were following me so I have another I have another show idea for stuff that features that but on this podcast I kind of want either like people that I know personally or someone that has like um, experience following that not following but experience kind of like covering the NBA quote unquote whether that's through like analysis pages or um, meme pages or fan pages of players like I definitely like the um, the pockets of people that follow a certain player even if I don't like that player I definitely want to factor in opinions from fans of players that I talk about like I had with Nick with the Nets I've been talking about the Nets a lot so I definitely wanted the perspective of a Nets fan same for the previous pod number um 11 i had my boy on i he still doesn't have a name or whatever but so i guess he's my boy from episode um 11 and he's a knicks fan i've been talking about the knicks a lot and the donovan mitchell situation so i don't want to just go off from a maybe a potentially biased standpoint trying to talk about a certain topic i want to get someone who knows about that topic to join in um like i thought knicks opinions on the nets were super super valid and i think he definitely offered some different point of views that i didn't previously factor in when discussing this so again big shout out to him if you haven't listened definitely worth a listen uh probably more than this pod episode i'm not even gonna lie but nah the thing about this one is i don't have that many there's not a lot of shit going on we're at a stalemate in the nba and being a new podcaster, I'm trying to figure out how I can spin different shit and kind of like keep this entertaining. That's what I want to do. Like this podcast definitely needs to be more entertaining than it is like analytical. Like I'm, I don't want to sit here reading n- stats and numbers and shit. Like that's just not who I am. That's not how I follow basketball. But there is a time and a place for shit like that. But I don't want it to be like I'm a robot just like reading a screen. I want to go off like I'm just talking how I regularly talk. I want to carry over my history making memes and um, how I attack that shit and how I attack the memes. I want to attack the podcast like that. 
that type of shit. <laughs> so, anyways, enough of that intro. I don't know if I need an intro, actual intro for this pod, but I don't, like, when I listen to podcasts, I don't really fuck with the intros and the outros, especially if it's, like, a song that just annoys the fuck out of me when I listen. I don't know, do people like that? Like, if you think I should add an intro and an outro, hit me up and let me know your opinion so I can kind of, like, get a general consensus of what the listeners think because I want to do what the listeners want at the end of the day. I'm not trying to be like, nah, fuck them. I'm myself. Like, if a listener who I fuck with comes back to me and is like, hey, you should fix this. You should fix that. Like, I'm definitely going to fix it. I don't want to ignore anyone who has an opinion or shit like that it's definitely valid that's why some dude when i posted the question post on my story he told me about the audio from the phone call being fucked up so like i'm not doing that anymore i gotta figure out a different way to record it because i definitely get that point and i think i was just being lazy to be honest like that's real lazy behavior from from me accountability is a big thing for me and constructive criticism is always something that I love as long as it's not like some hateful shit or some shit that I can't even fix like yo why does your voice sound like that oh my god you're so boring that I cannot fix so I would ignore that but the valid constructive criticism I'm all for it I'm all for it no matter how negative it is as long as it's not like insulting or how I just explained some shit like that. I'm down. Like that inspires me just as much as the love inspires me because I think that if you give a valid con- if you give a valid constructive criticism, it means that you're actually being attentive and trying to help. Like I don't I'm not one of those people that's if you say something bad about me, I'm like offended. Nah. Like as long as it's valid and it's not from a place of hate, I'm always going to accept it and be like, yeah, you have a point. I'll work on it. All right. So enough of that. Enough of that. First topic that we have, the Lakers came out and said that they want to run their offense through Anthony Davis. Is this thing on? You've been saying that for four years. Run the damn offense through him already. And I know it's like a new regime with Darvin Ham going in there. But, I mean, that's like anyone who <laughs> anyone who has the most basic basketball knowledge could tell you that after looking at the Lakers roster, they could tell you that, yeah, you should run that, the offense through that young center who has a crazy player efficiency ratings. Um, yeah, you might want to run your offense through him. And when he's actually healthy, he's very he's versatile. Like he can spread the floor. He kind of has lost his jumper recently, but he's been he's he's solid if he can get back to where he is from mid-range and from 3. He just got to recover that. I don't know if it's a mental thing or like an injury thing that he's had, but that shit he came out and said he doesn't pick up a basketball. That is not what he needs to be doing right now. Like Anthony Davis the potential is off the charts with this guy. It all comes down to like mentality at this point. Like you have all the physical talents that you could ever need for a basketball player. You're one of the, you're probably one of the most talented players in the league. It comes down to injuries and work ethic at this point. And the injuries tie into the work ethic most likely because 
I'm not an expert on this, but I hear people that are experts and I don't have anyone off the top of my head, but they basically say that for like former NBA players, they basically say that not doing anything and not picking up a basketball is not going to help you get healthy. And it's cool for a little while, but don't be like smug about it. Like when he said that shit, he was like bragging low key. I forgot where it was from, but they asked him something or he just, he volunteered it. He was like, Oh man, I haven't picked up a basketball in like three months. Dude, what? Even if you are injured with your leg or something, I don't understand. You could still shoot, probably. And you've been missing a crazy amount of time, so you're probably rusty. You would think as a guy playing next to LeBron that you'd be ultra motivated. Especially because you know father time is coming for LeBron. You could be that guy, like... Think about this legacy boost of you get well, yeah, it would be a legacy boost of you getting LeBron to a chip and winning a finals MVP with while on the same team as LeBron because even in the 2020 finals, it was close for Anthony Davis to be finals MVP. It would not have been a stretch or a reach. A lot of Bron sexuals probably would have been upset, but realistically, it could have happened. Like it wasn't it's not a reach, like I said, it's not a stretch. He could have gotten it. So running it back and doing that again, especially with LeBron's just three, what, three years older now? And you're that guy. Anthony Davis, we were comparing you to Giannis and Tim Duncan. Not we, because I wasn't, but people were. And now it's like you've fallen out of most people's top tens because you're not healthy. Believe it or not, the season after after the bubble, ESPN had their top players and Anthony Davis was number two above Giannis. Looking at that, it's just it looks crazy now. But that's because Anthony Davis has lost something. He's lost something, along with the injuries. I don't know if it's confidence or what. Or maybe the pressure has gotten to him of playing playing with LeBron and he's the only guy who's expected to like lead LeBron now not lead but he was supposed to be that number one guy now he's the only player who was supposed to take the torch from LeBron maybe Kyrie in Cleveland but LeBron was still in his prime at that point but LeBron is phasing out of his career and you're that young guy with MVP type potential, not potential, but MVP type talent. You're supposed to take the baton from LeBron and run. Maybe that pressure has just gotten to him and he's folded. But I still believe that Anthony Davis could be, could be that guy. And them running through the them the Lakers coming out and I don't know if they came out but the Lakers saying that they should run the offense through Anthony Davis is like duh I know the slander on Anthony Davis and we're all down on him right now but let him get healthy and find that confidence again that confidence he had when he pulled up from not pulled up but when he shot that three-pointer against the Nuggets that confidence he didn't even think about that and I know the clock might have been running down but you could just see it in his eyes like he was ready to bang it 
And you look at LeBron, like I know he's setting the screens, but the screen, but he kind of froze up in that moment just a little bit. He got Anthony Davis open, but you could kind of tell that he's just Again, it's back to this team player mentality thing, but you could just tell that that's what LeBron was. And that also means that LeBron trusted Anthony Davis. Like, if LeBron trusts you, that's a big boost. And I know he uh, trusted George Hill, but that was for a layup at least. This was for a three. So I still think Anthony Davis is that guy. And uh, we've got a lot of Lakers topics today, I think. Alright, so another Lakers player that I want to talk about is Russell Westbrook. Um, I know that's shocking that I talk about Russell Westbrook on this pod, but this this is a little different. Hear me out, hear me out. So, the other day, um, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, we're switching sports here to football, just for a second. But, he basically came out and said that a psychedelic trip led to one of his best seasons ever. He went on to explain the benefits of it for him and... What and yada yada, but why I'm bringing that up is think about if there was one athlete in the NBA who you could say you need to take psychedelics, Russell Westbrook. I've never had a trip like that. I'm open to it, I'm not against it. I just haven't felt like the time was right yet. But from what I hear, it's kind of like an ego killer, and you gain a new perspective on life, and you kind of see things a different way. Who needs all that in the NBA right now? Russell Westbrook. Get this man some shrooms. See, this is why I said I should be his manager. Yo, I would give Westbrook a bag of shrooms and say, don't come back until you're ready to come off the bench. Enough shrooms in that bag, making him lose his mind for a bit, comes back with a clean slate, ready to make sacrifices for the team. Me and Nick spoke about this last pod, but like Nick basically said that Russell Westbrook could come off the bench and run the squad. I don't see why that's such a bad thing. I know he's a star and an MVP. Winning sixth man of the year is an accomplishment, especially coming off what has occurred last season and all the narratives floating around and the the popular opinions about what happened last season. You could flip all that. Russell Westbrook, MVP, former sixth man of the year, former MVP also. But yeah, I think that is like, that would be great because all the knocks against Russ, you would patch that shit up. You'd sew it closed. You don't get that anymore. And you've got fucking LeBron and Anthony Davis on your squad. If you could win that sixth man of the year and maybe make a playoff run, Maybe win a championship. Like, come on, man. I don't see why that's not the most important thing if you're Russ right now. You've had enough chances as the number one guy. That time is up unless you just want to make the playoffs and lose in the first round. No other contender, Russ, is going to take you right now. You need to make an adjustment to help the Lakers become a contender again. That's the best move for Russell Westbrook. The worst move is stay selfish and refuse to come off the bench and don't listen to Darvinham and all that shit. That's the worst move because other 
teams are watching right now and you're on an expiring contract, if you do what I'm talking about and you take the psychedelics and you have an attitude adjustment, win the six man of the year award. You will get a bag next season. You will, there will be a suitor for you as long as you show that you're willing to make sacrifices for the team. And Russ did sacrifice a bit. He has made sacrifices, but turn it up a notch. LeBron, the the order of the Lakers players from best to worst out of the big, quote-unquote, big three needs to be Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Russ. Any other order is not going to get it done. If LeBron wants to be out, there could be a game where it's Russ and then Anthony Davis just because of who Russ is with a spaced floor and with the ball in his hand. He can st- I still think he can activate that mode when called upon. But for the majority of the Lakers games and minutes next season, Russ needs to be either with LeBron and Anthony Davis playing off the ball, kind of chilling in the corner where the Lakers have said they want to activate Russ in the corner more. Like, Russ's best three-point shooting was from the corner. So he can actually hit pretty solid from there. And you've all, you're have all you always going to be a backdoor threat if you're Russell Westbrook. That's why they keep, they also keep talking about how they want to get him in the quote-unquote dunker spot. He's, his athleticism is declining a bit. He looked like he was just putting up a lot of bricks in the paint last season. But a lot of basketball is mental. If your mental isn't there, that could lead to just as much as of an underperformance as an injury. The mind is a lot. The mind plays a big, important role in the sport of basketball. If your mind is not right, you probably won't be right. Unless you're like so dominating that it doesn't matter if your mind is right. That's my thoughts on this. Okay. So, let's move off of the Lakers for now. What else do we have? Victor Oladipo still feels like he's one of the best players in the world. I think he can get back there. And the Heat haven't, the Heat didn't make any moves. But I think Victor Oladipo is going to improve. Even though he's older and it's not like he's a young player improving. He's improving because this is like the first healthy offseason that he's had in a long time. So he's able to get his shit right coming into a season and be prepared. And watching him in the playoffs in the conference finals, he stepped up. Like when Jimmy wasn't there, he stepped up. When Hero wasn't there, he was stepping up. That last game against the Hawks where Jimmy wasn't there, he stepped up big time. And I think he's built for the pressure kind of. Like I do think he can do well under pressure. And I think he can thrive in the Heat's system and culture. Especially when you've got a guy like Jimmy who's missing a lot of games. If Oladipo can stay healthy, he could play a big role when Jimmy is out. He could be really important. And he can't play the power forward. Which sucks for Miami being that they don't have any power forwards. Besides Deadman the Dino who's a center. God damn it. Duncan Robinson's going to have to suit up. Get big. What else do we have? 
like I said, this is a dry time in the NBA. I don't know how long I'm going to make this, but I needed to do a solo episode to reassert myself as that guy. I can carry a podcast. I I connect really well with guests, I feel like, but I still am... I still like the solo shit, and I, and I feel more comfortable every single episode. Like, when I first started, I had to, like, get in the zone and sit here and re-record the intro like a thousand times. It was super frustrating. But now it's like I can turn on the computer, load up the programs, hit the mic, get the mic on, and just get into it. It's like automatic. I don't know what else I have. Very dry. Very dry. Kevin Durant reportedly is open going to the 76ers and the Celtics. I've spoken about this, but I don't think I've given my opinion. If I'm the Celtics, I would trade Tatum for KD straight up. No picks. Maybe you can get the Nets to actually include a pick, but... Listen, I would, I, I would, I would do that. But then again, now that I'm thinking about it, it's the risk of injuries that KD's been having. Like Tatum played, a, I think he played. Let me check. But for some reason, I feel like he played 80 games. But that's a lot, so I want to double check before I say that. Jason Tatum. He played 76, so I wasn't that far off. That's impressive compared to KD. So Tatum played 76 games one season. KD has played 90 games in three seasons. Availability is the best ability. If you can't stay healthy, what good is a is a seven-foot monster that sits on the bench? Them chairs too small for KD. But it's tempting because... The Celtics are, they're built to win, I think. And if uh, my homie from episode, he needs a name, but my homie from episode 11 was saying that he doesn't think Tatum has that quote unquote dog in him. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's essentially what he was getting to. I think he's young, but does that dog, I think that dog shows up. Er, like early I don't think you develop that dog could you but he seems like more laid back and kind of chill is it enough to get over the top are you ever going to Tatum ever going to lead the Celtics to the promised land it's just KD is so good right now if you put KD on that Celtics team, ah, this is tough. I don't want to discredit Tatum. I just think the Celtics would have won the championship with Kevin Durant over Tatum. And I know that it's like Tatum outplayed Kevin Durant in the first round, but uh, I feel like this is just crazy to say because the Celtics swept the Nets and I'm taking the players and swapping them and saying they'd win the championship. But I just believe that KD with a good team around him and a good system could get it done. And Boston had that. But K- like KD can't pick the system because 
I know he wants Nash fired now, but brother, you picked him. Kevin Durant, I want Nash fired. I want Nash fired. My brother in Christ, you hired him. And then Kyrie said, we don't need a coach. So now you don't need a coach, but you want a new coach. Make it make sense. And Sean Marks probably fucked up some things, but I definitely think that Kevin Durant led the charge for James Harden. And I think that's evident in his willingness to go to the 76ers now. Because that means he likes Harden. He wants to play with Harden. So I definitely think he was in there, the GM's ear whispering to trade for James Harden. That just looks like such a dumb move now. The Nets had a lot of role players to fill in a lot of holes that they need that they had in these playoffs. And just pl- trying to play DeAndre Jordan over Jarrett Allen is just... What are you... This is where I'm like, everyone believes that players know the most about basketball. And it's like, well, why would you do that then? That seems like such a common sense type of shit that you wouldn't play this guy who is old and struggled pretty much everywhere he's been as of late over this good young player who was an all-star this year, who, well, who went on to make an all-star game. I just don't understand the mindset and why you want to coach essentially kind of fired over it. I just don't understand. Maybe, well, Kyrie has enough of those psychedelics, I'll bet. Uh, I can't judge for that. And I don't know if I should connect these two or if I should leave this alone. I just think to each its own, like whoever wants to do whatever that doesn't harm someone, I'm not judgy for that. Like I would never judge a player for the medicine they choose, the heal, whatever they choose to do. Like if an NBA player was, was taking acid, I'd be like, ah, whatever. Like he can do him. As long as it's not becoming like an addiction where it's real, real bad. But for the most part, what I hear about psychedelics is they're not crazy addicting. I don't think anyone's like, oh my gosh, I want to fly through the galaxy and meet talking strawberries and and, uh, and whatever else goes on all fucking day, every day. I think that would be so exhausting that the high is so strong that you couldn't possibly want that every day. <laughs> and if you are, you'd probably be in this psych ward within a week. Holy shit. God damn. We're 30 minutes in basically. And I forgot the biggest topic that I had today. It literally came out and I was like thankful that the news dropped before I started recording. Because normally I record this Mondays um, and Thursdays kind of around 7-ish. And I saw it and I was like, man... So, if you don't know by now, the NBA is retiring number six in honor of Bill Russell all across the league. No team in the association will ever have a player wearing number six. Unless you're currently wearing it, you will be grandfathered 
in or out, but you will be allowed to wear it until you retire, switch numbers or whatever. So this rule, I feel like they only made it for LeBron because off the top of my head, I'm like, who is even number six that they, but I guess they did it out of respect and probably to, I think it costs a lot of money to um, remake players' jerseys. And we are getting somewhat close to the NBA season, but I don't know how I feel about this move. I definitely know Bill Russell deserves this kind of respect. Just to take a whole entire jersey out of it for the entire league, I just... what is it going to keep going? Because I know some people probably want 23 retired now and probably 24. I mean, how many numbers are we going to just keep taking out? Because there's only certain numbers that players even wear anyway. Like... Luca has got to be one of the only big, big players that wears a, like a 77. It's all just single digits, maybe some 20s, 30s, 40s sometimes. But you're shrinking the pool, and he's the first person. So number six is the only number that's retired across the league now. But that's one. I'm just wondering, is this going to be a one-of-one one situation or could this happen again? And like I said, I definitely feel like Bill Russell deserves a respect. On one of the previous previous episodes, I had said, this was before Bill uh, Russell passed away, but I'd said number six isn't iconic because of Bill. It would be more iconic if LeBron wore it for his entire career. And I still think that's true. Like, I'm young and... A lot of people associate number six with Miami LeBron. I don't know if I'm tripping about that. I feel like people associate 11 with Bill Russell, if at any number. Like, I know that's not his jersey number, but the 11 championship stands out more than the number six jersey. That's just my opinion, but I know you're not going to retire 11 because that wouldn't make any sense. But 11 is the number that gets associated associated with Bill Russell, not six. And yeah, his jersey number, blah, blah, blah. But number six is like, that's Miami LeBron in my opinion. You might call me like too young or whatever, or I don't know what I'm talking about. But I mean, this this move does make number six more associated with Bill Russell because now you've retired it across the league. So everyone's going to know, oh, number six, that's Bill Russell. I just think it's more LeBron. And I definitely think that if LeBron had worn number six for his entire career, I don't know how this would look. I don't even know if the NBA would do it. Because then it's like you're taking away a number and associating it with definitely a big-time activist and culture pusher and bus driver when it comes to driving the NBA forward. But the popularity level it's at now and how what LeBron has done with the NBA it's just like could you take his number away and give it back to Bill Russell so that's definitely an interesting thought of course that's not really a factor because LeBron has only been wearing it for a short time and and will be more associated with 23 because of it because of his short time wearing number six but I'm biased as a Heat fan so maybe that's where my Thoughts are coming from, but I definitely feel like number six is Miami LeBron and not 
Bill Russell. And rest in peace, Bill Russell. Like I said, I can't say enough about him and his influence on the NBA and the amount of shit that he dealt with. Literal shit, if you don't know the story. I'm not going to get into it here, maybe another time, but yeah, literal shit, like on his bed. So that cannot be over-exaggerated, cannot be taken out of um, contact. I don't know. It cannot be overstated, literally. The amount of shit that Bill Russell dealt with to push the NBA forward and move it. Be, being the black, the first black head coach in American sports, that's a big thing. And the NBA would not be where it is right now if not for Bill Russell. But I'm not talking about Bill Russell in that way. I'm talking about the number six. Like I said, I associate 11 with Mr. Russell. 11 rings around his fingers. To me, that's it. But I'm not mad at this move. It's just, is if this is the only player that they ever retire like this, 100% it's a good move. I like it. But if this is a pattern... And now you get pressured to do it with other players. Uh, I'm not doing that. And plus, I don't know if this was a, a factor, but like, I, I don't think number six is all that popular. If Bill Russell had worn, let's just say 23. Like, what if Bill Russell was 23 before Michael Jordan? Would they retire that number? I don't, I don't know. And would they retire it because of just Bill Russell? I bet you they try to sneak in Jordan in there too. Because to me, that would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. 23 is Michael Jordan. And, and like I said with the LeBron thing, LeBron didn't wear it long enough for him to quote unquote own the number the way I think Jordan does 23. And that's one knock that I've always had on LeBron is get your, he should have gotten his own number from the start. I get it. He wanted to be the next Mike and stuff like that. But LeBron just, I just think he could have had his own number and made it like 23 level impact. And I think he could have done that with six if he had chosen to wear six for his whole career. Literally any number, like 15. If LeBron wore 15, it would be just as iconic as 20, just as iconic as Michael Jordan made 23. Yeah, like 24 is with Kobe. At least he went one up for Michael. LeBron could have been 22 and made that shit iconic. Any number that LeBron picked would have been iconic. Just 23 was already iconic. Maybe some old heads would be like, nah, 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 he shouldn't have had six. We know Bill Russell as six too. Well, okay, I'm not mad at that opinion. Then still, LeBron should have picked a different number that stood out more that didn't really have a big name attached to it. That's just my opinion, like brand building, etc. Even though how much bigger could those guys get, but I definitely think this is something that does matter kinda. It's it's kind of like a minimal thing, but it's just something that kind of an annoyed me about LeBron's career. It's like, damn, dude, you could have picked a different number that wasn't Jordan's. It... <laughs> I get it though. You want to be like your icon and I understand. But then I feel like you can't you can't do that and then be like, "Nah, I'm the goat now." Like if you're going to do that and pay homage to someone, you kind of have to be like, "Nah, they're the they're the goat. They're the goat forever because I literally took their number." 
I think that's now why LeBron, when he went back to six, has been talking his shit. He's he's driving that point home that he does feel like the GOAT. I disagree, but this is LeBron. He's earned the right to call himself that. I don't want to hear people talking about, oh, but he should be humble. No, he's LeBron. He's LeBron James. If anyone could call themselves that, it's him. We got rookies calling themselves the best players in the league. Like, this is not a reach. That players, rookies calling themselves the best player in the league, that's a reach. That's a reach in, like, like, like any <laughs> Pat Bev when, when there's a timeout, reaching in like that. But I guess I got to wrap up that Bill Russell topic before I get on to anything else, which I should have done before, but growth as a podcaster, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But yeah, Bill Russell definitely deserved this. I can't be mad at it for the amount of shit that he went through. Like this is the least that you could give him in my opinion. So I'm not upset at that. I don't think I have a place to be upset. I... I can only give my opinion, and my opinion is I respect it. I respect Bill Russell. Uh, there would be no NBA without him. There would be no this podcast is a joke if he didn't go through all that and build the NBA into what it is today. So all the love for that. All the love for this move. Um, and it does make six, like I've been saying, it made six, it's making six more iconic to Bill Russell. Now, he owns that number forever, literally. More than Jordan owns 23 now because, fuck it, it's retired. You can't wear this shit. Number six is... Bill Bill Russell literally took number six to the grave. It's going with him. It's done. It's like um, in Egypt with the pyramids and shit. They be burying the kings with all their stuff they need to go to the afterlife. Bill Russell's in there with number six. It's gone. Rest in peace to... Rest in peace to most impactful player in NBA history. I said this the other episode. I defined different types of impactful. And if you want to go back, listen to that. Um, What was it called? It was called Pioneers. I forget what number it was. But if you want to hear, hear my full breakdown of Bill Russell and what I thought of his career and overall just... Going over what happened. Go back and listen to that. I'm not going to dive back into it. But yeah. He's the most impactful player in NBA history. So I'm not mad at this. That's it. What was I talking about? Oh. LeBron. Back to LeBron. LeBron. Dip from LA. Or if you're going to be in LA. Get to the Clippers. Lakers are done. It's a dumpster fire. Bail. Ding, 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 ding. LeBron gone don't sign that extension win another chip as a LeBron fan I selfishly want this go lead another bum franchise like you did with Cleveland go get them a championship I know you still have this in you LeBron you can get it done go be Superman and save them the Lakers are just wasting your talent Throwing you under the bus when they do shit they don't like. He got you a championship. You still have the nerve to toss this man under the bus because he made one bad thing. 
advising, allegedly, you to trade for Russell Westbrook. But he also advised you to trade for Anthony Davis, allegedly, and told you to get Ty Lue. You should go apologize for not getting Ty Lue. You just fired Frank Vogel not that long ago. I do believe in Darvin Ham, though. The Lakers were definitely reaching for an Ime Udoka, no lie. They, I'm sure they thought about that. We need us to Ime. We got this, um, what's it called? Impossible Jokers looking dude. Impractical Jokers. That, mm, I'm not even going to say it. But that guy had Rondo and Westbrook at the on the court at the same time. Delusional. Bad coaching. Man. As soon as I got off the podcast with Nick last episode, I saw a tweet from the Nets owner that <laughs> I think it came up while we were recording or I don't even know. But he basically like stood firm in keeping Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Dude, come on, man. Enough. You're never going to get a Kevin Durant on your franchise if you fumble this. You can find another Steve Nash. There's 10 of them working down at Walmart right now. Literally. Any dude with a clipboard. <laughs> I'm off there. I'm you know what? I gotta I gotta chill. I gotta chill. <laughs> I, I I know what Kyrie said. I would actually prefer him as a coach over Steve Nash. Steve Nash is just not that guy. And to choose him over Kevin Durant, you're trying to be Pat Riley and Flex and if Steve Nash can turn into an Eric Spolstra, I'll apologize 10 times. I'll make a whole episode of an apology for you. I will. You can hold my feet to the fire. If Steve Nash becomes um, a guy like Eric Spolstra, has 10 years in the league, multiple finals appearances. The thing about Spo is he proved himself. He won the championships with LeBron. People would still kind of, you know... We look at those championships funny. That's what people would say. But going back to the finals in 2020 and coaching a team through that environment like the bubble, bang, you solidified yourself. At some point, Spo needs a coach of the year. Needs to happen. Last year, you could have made a strong, strong argument. You had no, you had one player to make all NBA teams. And that was the third team. And that was Jimmy. And they. The, the league probably didn't even want to put Jimmy there. But they were like. Oh no. We, they felt pressured probably. And it's like. You look crazy if you don't put a player from the. First seed in the East on. In all NBA team. But. You got Bam who doesn't win a defensive player of the year. You got six man hero. But people think he's a bomb anyway. So. He's not that good. But you're the first seed in the East relying on what's G League players and undrafted players. How is their coach not coach of the year? Or at least getting more consideration than he got. I mean, yeah, the Suns won 65 games, but... I mean, who? which coach was better in the playoffs? Like, Spo had his struggles and shit, but... The Suns lost in the second round in a game seven where they got their back blown in. Miami lost in game 
Hmm. They lost in Game 7 in the Conference Finals to a team that went to the Finals. The Suns lost to a team that got their back kicked in by the team that won the Finals. This is interesting. I don't know. Get Eric Spolster definitely needs a coach of the year before his time is up in the NBA, no doubt. I'm driving that bandwagon home. And this is a guy that LeBron wanted fired at one point, so that's why I compared him to Steve Nash and how Kevin Durant wants Steve Nash fired. But the difference is LeBron did that in the first 10 games with, with Spolstra. KD, you're two years in, man. This should have been done a while ago if you felt that way. Maybe he was moving like that behind the scenes. I don't really know. I didn't really hear about it, but I'm almost like real sure that KD is the one who brought the thought of Steve Nash into into the coaching, into the head coaching spot in the Nets. I mean, their connection in Golden State basically gives it away. I don't think it was any like white privilege like Stephen A. Smith said. I just think it was KD not really knowing what was good. Um, he probably thought it was like another Steve Nash. An- another Steve Kerr. Another Steve Kerr. My bad. Um, I don't know what else I had on this really. I'm at about 45 minutes right now. I can't, I can't thank you guys enough if you listened all the way through and if you've been supporting this podcast. That shit literally means the world to me. Like when people hit me up from all over and say they're in this country, that country, and they listen, that's like some of the most inspiring like shit I've ever heard in my life. Like I couldn't even factor anyone. Like I honestly couldn't even believe if one person listened to me talk for five minutes, but I've been going off for an hour. And people do actually hit me up, and I believe it, that they listen all the way through. And I'm like, damn, I'd be taken back by that. It's, like, so surreal. That's why, like, just one person listening is, like, so impactful for me. Like, I I don't need to be, like, I don't need clout or whatever. Like, I don't care. I just want to, if I can reach one person, that's, like, a success for me, honestly. I just want to be that that guy for someone. Like I've said multiple pods. Like I listen to the pod, the Joe Budden podcast all the time. Every time it comes out, I religiously listen to that shit. I just want to be that for somebody. I just want to help someone get through their day. Honestly, like I want to engage. I want to do what I can. That type of shit. Like I really want to be that voice. That's my motivation for this. And I have other aspirations and things that I want to do. And I just have to keep working at it. Just attacking it every day. I really love basketball. And this is something that I can talk about nonstop. Um, I find the little things interesting. Like I love the storylines and the drama. And even <laughs> I'm not, I'm, uh, I selfishly love drama. So the Nets are, I'm enjoying this shit. If I was a Nets fan, I would not be, but selfishly, I am. I wish Kyrie would say um, he thinks that there's aliens living on Earth or that the president is a lizard. 
I'm all for it, for it, yo. No lie. But speaking of coaches and psychedelics, I mean, you can make an argument that one of the best minds in basketball was... Could have been on psychedelics, allegedly. I think I might look into this more, but... If y'all don't know, I'm talking about Phil Jackson. I mean, the aura that he gave off and the vibes. He was doing something back there. Like, him him and Dennis Rodman were... You know what? I'm gonna leave that. I might discuss this another pod. What's your guys' favorite basketball documentaries or or movies or whatever? I love the Bad Boy Pistons one. Um... I think it's called Winning Time with Reggie Miller. I wonder what some moments that I'd really love to see. Um, what's it called? A 30 for 30 made about? If they still do those. I think I might check, the, check out some after I hop off this. The Wizards taking a massive win. Releasing the classic jerseys. I feel like every team is just now going to drop their classics. The NBA should do that where they have like a year where every team adapts their classic uniforms. That would low-key be fire. People keep asking me if I think Golden State can repeat. I think they could. Do I think they will? No, I don't. I got the Clippers all the way. Dude, the Clippers are going to be scary, and this just comes down to health. With Kawhi and PG, you never know. Those guys will stub their toe and be out for a while. So it's a, it's risky because of that. But if you create a universe where every NBA team is healthy and there's no such things as injuries, I would take the Clippers all the way. Probably the it would, the NBA Finals would probably be Bucks clippers in my opinion, if we were to take away injuries. So, but as far as Golden State, they've, I don't know. That comes down to what Clay Thompson can be next season. If he can get back to where he, where he's been. This is, this is just like Victor Oladipo. This is one of his first healthy off seasons. Um, so I think they could, but I don't think they will. I think the Mavs have gotten better. The Nuggets if they can stay stay healthy. The pressure is definitely on Jokic. And I keep saying this, but this guy is not young. He's like 27, 28. And yeah, that's still NBA prime, but you're getting up there kind of in. You've got to start getting something done. Um, And he kind of has had that built-in excuse of MJP, MJP and Murray aren't available, which is legit, which is, it's a legit excuse, but that excuse is running dry. So if you get those guys back and you get bounced in the first round again, it's looking real tough out here for Jokic and those back-to-back MVPs are going to start to look kind of shady. Me personally, I don't feel like Jokic is a guy that can get it done and lead a team to a championship. I think he's going to be Similar to Steve Nash. And I think that's not because of the reason you're thinking. But I think that's an accurate comparison. Especially with the back-to-back MVPs. And a lot of people, like me, feeling like he didn't deserve at least one of them. Not deserve, but feel like he shouldn't have gotten at least one of them. And people love Jokic. I don't know if they really just like him or they're looking at the stats. Because his stats go crazy. 
If you look at his stats, he looks like one of the best players of all time. Easily. But can stats be misleading? So a while ago, there was this computer company. I think it was IBM. They put out like this algorithm or um, what's what would be the word for it? Like an AI that did this stats and basically gave out this MVP that they did. They created an MVP based off their artificial intelligence and the way they collected data. And David Robinson was winning it every single season. And we're, it's like, what? David Robinson, MVP every year? The media has just become so stat-driven that I just think they worship Jokic because of it. And I... <laughs> Man, I I I know people, every time I bring this up people are like but the playoffs aren't included in the MVP and I'm like yeah, I know, but it's a mirror of if you were right or wrong. If you're the most valuable player in the regular season, you don't just suddenly become not so valuable in the playoffs. And yes, it's happened, but I remember how you guys treated Giannis when he lost in the bubble to Miami. He got dragged. And then it's like Jokic, we were like, but it wasn't his fault. Yes, it was. Some of it was. You don't just not be that guy. I just feel like back-to-back MVPs are for like high tiers. The highest of tiers. And at least Giannis lost in the second round. Like, God damn. And got more than one game. This all-time great dominating player. Only got one game. And it was a pity game. After they won that game, they are like, Oh, we're so happy we got one game. <laughs> Alright, I gotta lay off. Because I don't want to sound like a hater. But I gotta balance it out. I gotta be the, I gotta be the other half of the yin and yang of the Jokic praise. Literally, because just like Thanos said, perfectly balanced as all things should be. That's me with the hate, you with the praise. So I'll live on that side over there because I need to bring some, I need to provide that other perspective instead of just worshiping at the helm of stat sheets. Like I open this shit up with, I don't want to just sit here and read stats. It's boring. It's, it's a computer could do it. Just like I said with that AI picture thing that that they have, like and there could be an AI give basketball takes and it would be you motherfuckers on Twitter. You all have the same opinions. And if you have a different opinion, you're just like trying to trigger people for likes. I'm not rolling. Closing this up, I say shout out Nick for coming through last podcast. Um, Russell Westbrook. You need some shrooms. <laughs> Jokic. The pressure's on. It's a pressure cooker. Ball out. Get it done. Prove me wrong that you are that guy. Get to the conference finals and I will start to walk back some of this. Let Jokic get to the finals. Then I will really walk this back. 
If Jokic makes the finals next season, I'll do a whole podcast just praising Jokic. I'll go through his career. I'll basically make this a one-hour fuckfest. Yup. Yup. That's what it will be. I will give that for Jokic. If he can make the finals. I don't want to hear this injury. If he's healthy. If not, I don't want to hear these... Well, if he is healthy, I don't want to hear the injury excuses and, oh, well, 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 poor Jokic. Miss me with that. We sleeping on it. Not happening. Not happening. So, pressure's on Jokic. I'm not hating. I'm being real. <laughs> Yo, this is a better episode than I thought it was going to be. Low-key, I did not think it was going to be able to get to an hour because I didn't have that many topics. But now... Just becoming second nature for me at this point. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do a phone call next episode. I don't want to bring in Nick too much and my other homie. I don't know how interested he is, low-key. I feel like he is, but he isn't. He doesn't seem like focused when I bring up ideas to him. And Podcasting is about consistency. So if I'm going to do a podcast with you, it's like... You can't just not do it because you don't feel like it, et cetera, et cetera. You got to, that's why there's some days where I haven't felt like doing this pod. I did this podcast the day before I got married. My head was not in the game at all. I had to force myself to do that pod just because I'm like, I stay on schedule. Once you break that routine once, you're open to it, to doing it again. You've opened that can of worms and it's like, damn, This applies with other stuff too. Like if you go to the gym every day and you have your set schedule, once you miss it once, you're going to be more likely to do it again because you're comfortable doing it. I will not get comfortable missing this podcast. I don't care what happens to me. I'm getting married the next day. I'm in the booth recording this shit. It's it. End of discussion. I will work harder than these other people. I will outgrind them. Same with my page. I'm not just going to give up on that shit. I'm not just going to take time off. No, I don't do that. I stay locked in. That's my advice to everyone out there with a dream. Stay locked in on that shit and just keep grinding. If you have to lose friends, it's a sacrifice. If you have to lose whoever, if my wife didn't support me in this shit, I'll divorce her in two seconds. Fuck that. You don't tell me shit. I keep grinding. When I have something I'm passionate about, I don't give it up. I don't give it up. All you guys out there, take that advice. If you got something that you're passionate about, just laser focus every day, every time that you have. Any opportunity that you have, put that work in. It will pay off later 100%. And even if it doesn't, at least you know you gave it your all. I'm not trying to have regrets later on. Like, oh, damn, I should have followed my dreams with this and that. That's why I'll tell you right now, I like to rap low key. So once I get this podcast popping and I have a little bit of, you know, you know what I mean? I might spit a little because that's something I've always wanted to do and is worth a try. Like what's going to happen? Someone's going to tell you it sucks. So what? Toughen the skin up a little. You need that. You need that in life. Tough skin. Sensitive people don't make it. And I know we be trying to make the world okay for sensitive people. Nah, fam. It's not how you do it in my opinion. 
there's no room in the actual world for sensitive sensitivity and this like i'm not with it we need tougher skin especially when you're following a dream and you're trying to accomplish something people are always going to tear you down that's what people do that's their nature they're jealous you're reaching from down there on the ground you itty bitty little bitch Nobody paying attention to you. We're up here grinding. You stay on the ground, pissing your life away. Not rocking with it, yo. All my homies out there. You got a dream, just follow that shit. Man, I love this. Little rant at the end. I fuck with it. Can't believe I'm 13 episodes in. I have so many ideas, yo. I just be wanting to dive into it all at once, but the slow grind is what's going to work for me, I feel like. I just stay consistent on this, keep getting better, keep trying to improve the way I speak. Should probably go read the dictionary or something. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. What else can I say? I think I can wrap it up right here. I think this has been a pretty good podcast. Maybe getting a phone call for next episode. Tell me what you guys think of the solos versus the um, phone call ones. It's hard because I don't think I have a lot of homies in real life that really know basketball and have like the personality to talk on a podcast. Uh, Certain people just aren't comfortable with it. It's not for everyone. Not a lot of people have. I think Nick went off for like almost an hour. That was impressive for sure. Like, he was able to give it up for a whole hour. Um, Loki, I would start. I would ask him to start a podcast, but I don't think he lives in the same area as me anymore. Actually, he doesn't. He doesn't. So, that would be kind of tough. Everything would have to be on, like, Zoom. And it's cool every once in a while, but having a podcast, like, via Zoom or whatever is tough. Like, the chemistry isn't there. The, I guess camaraderie, if that fits. Like I said, I need to go read the dictionary, but yeah. So I'm not sure about that. I definitely want to feature him in on this podcast and whatever else I have going on. Uh, I wish he had like an NBA page or like a page where you guys could connect with him if you wanted. Because I'd love to have him be like a more part of this and a part of everything that I'm doing. Because that's my homie in... Like he said, he's been supporting me since day one on on my Instagram. He just hit me up today and um, basically, again, he said uh, he first followed me when I when I had three K followers and I had a different name. And he was he was like, yo, I thought that was so dope. Even when you had three K like that's my dog. And now I'm up here. So anywhere I get like anything he wants to be involved with that I'm doing, I'm 100 percent down. So it's up to like the listeners and him at that point and me at that. Well, yeah, yeah. And him at that point. But so that's my dog. Shout out, Nick. Can't thank you enough, dog, for pulling up. That was some real shit. Anyways, this wraps up episode 13 of this podcast is a joke. I'm your host, Shannon, and thank you for listening. Peace.